if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, did you hear Reba has a new partnership with Sonic? The Queen of Country just released the new Reba's Sweetheart Meal featuring the new chocolate-covered strawberry shake paired with a Sonic cheeseburger and tots. Second, did you hear Disneyland reinvented the chocolate chip cookie? People are lining up for 30 minutes. They're waiting in line to buy these chocolate chip cookies. And Mm. for Disney, they're relatively affordable. You can get a half dozen for $6.49. And finally, in the world of food, just in time for Valentine's Day, a company in the UK called Tenderstem just debuted chocolate infused with pureed broccoli. Ugh. Because nothing says I love oh, you like no. cruciferous vegetables. <laughs> just just leave chocolate alone. Just leave it alone. It's good, right? If you're going to have chocolate, just have the chocolate. Broccoli and chocolate. Ugh. Have you ever noticed how bad we are at vacationing in our own hometowns? Hmm. I mean, when you live there, you're rushing to church, rushing to school, rushing right? to work. Let's talk about that next. So I don't know about you, but I growing up was absolutely terrible at vacationing in my own hometown because you're rushing to school, rushing to work, church. And you you're lived busy. in Florida. I lived in, I grew up in <laughs> Jupiter, Florida. My mom still lives there. Well, guess what? I was today years old, days before going to visit my mom, first to find out there is such a thing as the Palm Beach Zoo. I had mm. no idea. And they just had a baby sloth born there. <laughs> I know what I want to do with my mom now. I mean, I'm not Kristen Bell level of being in love with sloths, hmm. but they're so cute. And I can't imagine being able to see a little tiny baby sloth. Hmm. Okay, dream a little dream with me for a second. If you had endless amounts of money, like mm-hmm. money's no object, mm-hmm. and someone said, okay, you can decorate your house with a very special theme. What theme would you choose? We're going to talk about that next. So if someone came to you and said, okay, I'm going to give you piles and piles and piles of money and you can create a themed man cave or a themed she shed in your house, what theme would you choose? And the reason I'm asking you that is there's this man, his name is Ron Wallace, and he used to be the president and CEO of United UPS, United Parcel Service. And he built a mansion North of Atlanta, Georgia, in a town called Milton. And 4,000 of the 25,000 square feet home on nine acres, he hired a Six Flags Over Georgia set designer to create the Wild West. (laughs) It looks like the movie Tombstone. And he even sent the set designer out to Tombstone, Arizona, So it would be super authentic. So he's got a saloon. He's got a sheriff's office. He's got the whole thing. I mean, all the antique furniture to make it look like the set of a Western movie. Wow. And now he's selling. Does he he pay people to walk around in in costumes of the era? He does not. He (laughs) he uses it mostly for fundraisers. He also, you'll love this aspect of his personality, Kev. His garage is big enough to hold 32 cars. Whoa. Because he has a passion for cars. But he's now 81 years old. They have a daughter. And he and his wife decided they need to downsize. Mm -hmm. So they're selling the $9 million mansion. And it comes with the Wild wow, West Wing, that. if that's your thing. Wow. I don't, what would you do? That's a good question. I have an idea for what my theme would be. What would yours be? So we're talking about elaborate uh, 
man caves or she sheds. I, mine would mine would be a mess because I, I couldn't pick on one. It would be a mix of soccer, guitars, coffee, Jesus, family. It would it would it would look a lot like my basement already does. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just, Your just dreams are a being lived. Mishmash of Kev stuff <laughs> with no theme. You know, it just hit me. Kev stuff would be the theme. <laughs> what about you? What would yours look I like? I think I would want something like, um, it, we had one of these at the Billy Graham Center Museum in college where you step in and the lights come on and it looks like clouds, like you're floating in the sky. Hmm. Something like that. Or like you you like walk in and it, it changes from a scene of snow-capped mountains with a rushing waterfall to like the plains with horses running by. Like something... That brought the outside in. You just need to get some of those uh, what are, virtual reality goggles. There you go. <laughs> you can make that happen <laughs> right now, right? No matter where you go, just put those babies This guy's on. Wild West house we were talking about, the $9 million mansion and 4,000 square feet is all looks just like the Wild West. It even has lighting to make it feel like morning, high noon, or evening. <laughs> like You can change it. Next time you feel like you're overpaying to get a package delivered, Remember that guy's house, (laughs) and you'll know why you're paying so much for it. Have you ever peeked at the manual to your washing machine, or do you just mash a bunch of buttons and off it goes? And for the best. Yeah, that's what what I do. (laughs) According to a man who calls himself the laundry evangelist, there's only one cycle you'll ever need on your washing machine, the express cycle. He said it's long enough to get your clothes clean, but it's short enough not to cause any damage to your clothes. Studies show even really soiled items like dirty diapers come out clean after the express cycle. They say longer cycles put wear and tear on your clothes. Hmm. And because express only lasts 30 minutes, you can get all your laundry done that much faster. I'll confess if if the laundry is up to me, like if I'm doing a load of laundry, I always do quick wash. Really? Always. Because the other one, it's the other next shortest one is double the time. Quick wash on ours is like a half hour. And the other ones, it's it's up to an hour. I'm like, how dirty are these clothes? Who knew you were saving your clothes this do, whole well, time? What do you do? Do you, what do you do? Uh, do you well, ever do after quick wash? I, I wrote this story for our show the other day. Yeah. And so when I put in a load, I, I was like, okay. And all I have, it's called speed wash. Mm-hmm. And it automatically sets your... Thing to hot, which I can't do any of my running clothes and hot. Right, so you just flip it to cold. And I, I guess if I flip, it's only 20 minutes on mine, though. That doesn't seem long enough to get things clean. The, I don't know. The laundry evangelist says otherwise. I know. I now, you know what like I do use about. is the one hour wash on my dishwasher is mm. plenty. Yeah. Coming up, isn't it the best when your child does something wonderful and you don't even find out about it till after? Isn't it the best feeling when your child does something wonderful and you don't even find out about it until afterwards? That happened to an eighth grade teacher in Illinois. He noticed one of his students who's struggling economically had a ripped winter coat. And he said, hey, my daughter, Brianna, she's 17. She's really handy with a needle and thread. Do you want me to have her mend it for you? And he's like, that would be great, teacher. And so when the kid got his coat back, sewn back together, there was a note in the pocket and it was from the teacher's 17-year-old daughter, Brianna. And it said, hey, child, it's me, the magical coat fixer. Mm-hmm. Hope it holds up and please send it back if it doesn't. Sorry I couldn't make it as invisible as I'd hoped, but I did my best. Also, since you're in eighth grade, I think, I'm not 100% sure what grade my dad teaches, I thought you could use some 11th grader advice Middle school stinks. 
You're almost free and you can make it. Hmm. Uh, She said that all in caps and good luck. And the post sharing about his daughter has gone viral. People are just so touched by such a kind, caring teenager. Yeah, wow. That's that. I love that story. So cool. So do you have really, really messy kids? Like their room is just like a tornado hit it. (laughs) I talked to a mom yesterday and how she and her husband cope with the mess. And I want to see if you do this too next. Do you feel like your kids can be so super messy? Like you walk in their room, you can't see the carpet below their clothes or it looks like a tornado (laughs) hit or I don't know, like their bathroom standards as far as how clean they keep it. You're just like, oh, well, it's a scientific experiment in there. Three daughters who all of them have different levels of cleanliness. One's a neat freak. One's like meh. And the other one total slob. Uh, Uh, Try and trying to keep the peace in their shared bathroom was Incredibly oh, hard. I can imagine. Well, I met a mom yesterday. I was out uh, trail running and her dogs came running up to me. And so we started chatting and I found out how she and her husband deal with the mess. She said, we're fortunate enough that my husband and I's bedroom is on the main floor of the house. My 17 year old son and my 15 year old twin daughters are their bedrooms are upstairs. We just never go up there. We just have a rule. We, it's like out of sight, out of mind. I don't want to see the mess. I don't want to see the science experiment. When they move out, I don't. Yeah, she basically said that. She's like, she just gave up. She's like, that's their their deal, their level of cleanliness. Our company doesn't go up there. It's like just for the seventeen year old boy and the twin teen. 15-year-old girls. So I'm wondering if you have ever adopted a similar you know, rule, philosophy, philosophy or rule in your right. family. Like, I'll just shut their door. Like, I just don't <laughs> want to see it. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Christina, we're talking about our kids and how they can be, they can be slobs and you don't even feel like dealing with it. How do you guys roll in your house? So I have a 25-year-old daughter. She still lives at home and my grandbaby is four. I think it was the mess was hereditary and passed on from her mother to my granddaughter. Because when they change clothes, it's like they step out of clothes and just leave it right on the middle of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't raise her like and that. You didn't raise her like that. No. No, I'm always picking up after them. I'm always like, you know, her bedroom and the bathroom was upstairs. <laughs> and my son's old bedroom's upstairs. Mm-hmm. I'm downstairs. So every time I go upstairs, I'm like, by the time I get to the top of the stairs, I'm like, I don't even want to go up here. I know I'm going to find. I walk around the corner. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Did a tornado hit upstairs and we didn't know it? It's like a mess. Have you ever thought, like, I'm just never I, going back up there again? Oh, I think that all the time. But then I'm like, when they're not home, I go upstairs and I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk up here and I'm going to clean up. So I clean up. And by the time they come home from work and school, oh, you clean the room? Yes. And if you don't keep it clean... I'm packing all your stuff and you've got to move out. I can't deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you are a great mom and a great grandmother. I try to be. Thank you. I love you guys. Have a great day. So how do you think people will remember you when you're gone? You're going to love hearing what this son and daughter have done to continue to honor their mom who passed away. Uh, their mom, and- Andrea, collected salt and pepper shakers for 35 years. Her dream was to open a salt and pepper shaker museum. So her kids, Alex and Andrea, did just that in the perfect location, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. (laughs) She collected 60,000 salt and pepper shakers. And you can go see them for an admission price of three bucks. 
and they had 25,000 visitors just last year. Hmm. They call the museum a labor of love for their mom. I wonder what her most unique salt and pepper shaker is. Oh, there's, yeah, I'm trying to picture some of the ones I saw when I worked on the story, but she just was so fascinated by the artistic skills that went into the detail Mm. of such teeny tiny little pieces of art. Any birthday parties in the near future for your kids coming up? This mom says this is the ultimate kids birthday party gift, but not everybody agrees. Hey, do your children get invited to a lot of birthday parties? It can be a lot getting your kid there on time, figuring out what in the world to give them as a gift because you don't know what toys they already have. Well, this mom, Sarah, who has a who has five year old twins, says this is the ultimate kid's birthday party gift. But. Not everyone agrees. I don't buy the kid a present. To save on the mental load, I get the same thing every time. I buy a voucher for them to go for a hot chocolate or a cake at like a local coffee shop with their parents and kind of a little date. So if you couldn't understand her British accent, she buys a gift certificate to a local coffee shop so they can go with their parents and get a, a cake or a little hot chocolate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she just that's that's the gift, no matter what the age, whatever. And she's like, if the parent wants to join them, great. And she just, her video announcing this methodology of kid Mm -hmm. birthday parties has gotten over 40 million views. And she's definitely got some criticism, but so many parents think it's absolutely brilliant. I wonder what the criticism were. It sounds like a great idea. I I wish we would have thought of that when our kids were birthday party going ages. I thought it was such a cute idea. You know what else I, I would think would work along the same lines is it just seems like kids love to go up and down the toy aisle, mm-hmm. whether it's like, I don't know, a new squirt gun or mm-hmm. Play-Doh yeah, or whatever. Sure. So get a gift card to like, you know, there's not many toy stores left in the world, but like Target or something yeah, like you that. Could even, mm-hmm. You could even put this gift card only works in the toy department. Yeah, right? exactly. So, I love that idea. We all know it, it works anywhere, but right. that'll make sure that the kid knows this is for you to get a toy. So this uh, lady that uh, Taylor's just talking about getting a, a kid for a birthday party, a gift card to go to like a coffee shop to get a, a treat. They, they get a treat. Parents get a coffee. Everybody has a good time. Apparently it's uh, divided everyone. But I'd love to hear about your experiences buying gifts for birthday parties. Do you ever feel like you spend a ridiculous amount of money for gifts for birthday parties that your kids go to? We'd love to hear some of your stories. Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor. What's going on? Hey, this is Debbie. I was just uh, listening, and you guys were talking about gifts for for kids and the crazy craziness of it. Yeah, birthday presents for kids' parties. And have you ever spent, like, a crazy amount of money? You you know what we've decided to do? We've started doing experience things, and we give a card, and we say that we're going to come back on a different date, whatever date the parents choose, and we're going to take that kid out and go hang out for the day. We take them to Putt-Putt. We go to the mall. We go to the... Whatever. Wow, that's and we, it. Yeah, we probably spend more money, but it's it's a way better gift. And and the kids love it. They're like, this is so much better than opening a toy that I'm never going to play with. And the parents get a day off, too. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's, oh, that's we've cool. changed our mindset completely. I'm over the gift thing. Great idea. <laughs> So we're talking about the kids' birthday parties, and it can it can be a drain financially, especially when you have like we have four kids, and man, sometimes it seems like that that was our entire Saturday it was running mm, from birthday, birthday, wow. birthday, birthday, you know, like one party to another. Um, and and you've mentioned before too, it's hard buying for 
kids. I have 11 nieces and nephews. They seem yeah. like they already have everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you get the kid that yeah. literally wants for nothing? What what do you? And then another thing you can run into is themes. Like I remember one time my daughter, Amber, she got invited to a birthday party. It was a fashion. Fashion was the theme. Ooh. So she wore, I think she was like mm, maybe eight or nine years old. Maybe the, It was like the I think it was the year before middle school. So 10, is mm-hmm. that 10? Um, but she took that to mean, oh, we're all going to get dressed up and look really nice. So she got a, she got a dress, like this fancy dress. It was kind of adult looking. And by, by adult looking, I mean it. It was business casual. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was very, she was like ready to go sell you, a, sell you real estate. <laughs> That's what, it, what the uh-huh. dress looked like. Um, and everyone else showed up and looked like they were ready for their you know, starring role in an MTV music video. So it was, she was like very, uh, yeah, I'd say embarrassed. Embarrassed was the right word. Oh, because no one else dressed up. Right. Well, no, they dressed up. It was just, she misinterpreted what fashion meant. Uh She thought it meant like, you know, dress really, really nice. Like we're going to the debutante ball. Right. And they all dressed like they were going clubbing. Oh, (laughs) that's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was really proud. I was like, yay, she's still a little girl <laughs> for at least another year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was kind of awkward. So my um my advice to parents would be get clarification <laughs> on what exactly the theme means, if you it, have any doubt. It's like your daughter lived out the classic movie scene from a rom com where you, she thought yeah. it was a costume party and showed up as a bunny. Yeah, right. And everyone right, else is exactly. dressed like it's uh what's that? Uh, the Kentucky Derby, you know, all fancy. Are you pretty good at parallel parking, Taylor? Are you, are you, can you do it? Well? Uh, I can do it, but it's not my favorite. Yeah. Well, would you like one of those cars that automatically parks your car for you? Hit a button mm, and a parallel park. I don't for know. You? I think I'd be scared. I'm thinking of a couple of my kids would probably use it if they had it on their car. They'd hit that button and let the car parallel park itself. You're saying you'd be afraid that it wouldn't wouldn't work, right? I'd want someone else to test it out first. And then, okay. Uh, well, Ford, uh, they had it on a bunch of their cars, and they're going to stop using it. Really? Because, stop putting it in cars because they say it costs a lot of money per car to put in, and no one's using it. Huh. Like, people, they just don't use it that much. Or if they have it, they're not activating it, huh. um, which is kind of creepy to think of. How do they track you? Knowing, I guess maybe they have like um, well, what? Is, a survey. <laughs> maybe, maybe but they're saying so few people use it, and it costs them in production about sixty dollars per vehicle, about ten million dollars a year. They're just like it's just not worth it anymore. Huh. So they're no longer going to offer it in their new models. Coming up, how would you define the perfect Valentine date? How would you describe the perfect Valentine's Day date? They asked that question to young people in a recent survey who are still dating, and turns out they're quite traditional. They asked Gen Zers and millennials who are currently dating, and they said, the perfect date starts with flowers or a gift, picking you up, not meeting there, picking you up, heading out for dinner and a movie, and end with a goodnight kiss. The average couple going out on a date for Valentine's Day will spend 114 bucks, and the average couple staying in... We'll spend $86. Mm-mm. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Do you feel positive or negative about social media? Coming up, this is one of the best things ever to come from a post. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Do you generally feel pretty positive or negative about social media? 
This is the coolest story of something fantastic that started with a social media post. Sarah and Kevin's little six-year-old baby girl in Missouri named Eden needed an emergency liver, liver transplant. So they blasted it out on Facebook looking for someone with type O blood. Well, Eden's dad's cousin, Nadia, who lives a thousand miles away in New Jersey, immediately stepped up. Sacrificing a few weeks for my kids to potentially give a lifetime for another family to have with their kid, that to me is a no-brainer. How could I not do that? It's the best feeling in the world. This, in my opinion, is the best thing I've ever done. Cousin Nadia, the donor, and baby Eden are doing fantastic. And uh, this is pretty cool. If you've ever considered being a living donor, this is such a great reminder about how it changes people's lives. And I did not know until this story that you can donate a piece of your liver and then Mm. it'll grow back to normal size in four to six months. Wow. I had no idea. That's crazy. That's the coolest thing ever. So you think you're going to donate part of your liver? I would. I mean, I definitely would to my niece, Ava, if she needed it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd really have to think about donating like a kidney to a stranger. Yeah. Because I'm scared of, I can't even get a needle in my, like no one can draw blood out of me, let alone all those procedures. So funny we're talking about this because there was a kidney donation story in the news the other day. And I said to my wife, I wouldn't think twice. I totally would. If I knew the person or not. And she she was like, really? And I said, yeah, don't you bet when our friend Kim uh, needed one, I was Mm -hmm. like, I'll do it. And then my son Kyle too, without knowing my response was like, I'll get tested. I'll see if she, and she wound up getting a donor. Didn't, oh, didn't need us. Awesome. So we never even got tested, but both of us were like, oh, absolutely. I guess you, me and Kyle need to get ourselves into a database. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know if they'd even accept me because I, they cannot find a vein on me. I think I'm a, <laughs> I think I'm a werewolf or something. It's the weirdest thing. I always love to find uh, these um, things that recruiters and people that do hiring, what they say to do and not to do. In uh, job interviews, because I can tell you how many times we've had people call us and say, like, hey, could you guys keep me in your prayers? I'm go, I'm on my way to a job interview. I really need this job. So with that in mind, I always try to uh, find stuff like this to share with you guys. And this is what the number one mistake that people make in interviews these days. And this is according to a guy. He's a recruiter. He's the guy that gives the final stamp of saying, like, you got the job. And he said he wants to give people jobs. He's not there to keep you from getting the job. He wants to find great people that are going to add to the company he's working for. This is the thing he says. When a recruiter or an interview asks, do you have any questions for me? And they do not. For him, 100% deal breaker. If you answer with no, I think we've covered everything. He's like, no matter how good the really? interview went, he's not going to put. What you kind through. of stuff does he want you to ask? Um, he, well, he said that saying that not having any question shows a lack of preparation or interest. So I think, like for myself, if I was going to a job interview, I'd research the company, mm-hmm. find out about you know what what it is that they're other than making widgets. What are they passionate about? Oh, tell me more about you know you guys make widgets, but you're really involved with saving the pandas. Where where does that? passion come from mm-hmm. something like that just to have something in your back pocket that's not going to come up in the interview and then if, if it does come up in the interview then you got to be just i would say uh you have any more questions for me yeah i'd like to go back to that save the panda thing you brought up i'm really interested in that why is mm-hmm. the company so passionate about it that's got to be yeah. a stretch for certain age groups because i don't know if you've noticed they do not ask questions even in like a dinner conversation mm. they don't say like so how long have you been in this industry or what? They just, so it, this is great for a young person, like just graduating from college Yeah, to hear this. It's like you're helping them cheat on their homework. 
Before they go to the job interview. Being an adult 101. Show interest in other people. (laughs)